This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 8, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. When a franchisee abuses a worker, there may soon come a time when the franchisor, a company like McDonald's, will be held legally liable. It would be a new turn in labor law with some problematic implications. Walter Olson, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, offers his analysis. So the top prosecutor for the NLRB has rejected a claim by McDonald's uh, with some big implications for a lot of companies, which is that they are not effectively the boss of people who work for McDonald's franchises, which of course are distinct legal entities. So what, what, is, what does that mean? Why do we care? Until recently, it would have been taken as simply subtle law that McDonald's was not, is not the employer of uh, those who work at its various franchises. Uh, franchising law is set up so that uh, as a small business that operates uh, some restaurants, you sign a contract. It uh, has a lot of requirements having to do with the quality of the experience, but you remain the employer. Uh, you remain uh, the uh, business in charge of a lot of different decisions. And the National Labor Relations Board uh, is now attempting to change this subtle law uh, quite drastically with the uh, proposition that in the McDonald's franchising situation and potentially in a lot of other situations, franchise and non, uh, the seemingly distant large brand or corporation is really a joint employer, quote unquote, which is jointly liable for any labor violations they may find on the scene at the local restaurant. Okay. So I'm thinking through the implications of this. There are a lot of institutions that hire uh, that contract with cafeterias to uh, or companies that that hire workers outsourcing, yeah. and it is very much uh, being looked at by all of those industries because the implications are clear. It's not just franchising; it's not just restaurants. Uh, in the view of the advocates of this, uh, as they roll it out, the hospital that 20 years ago turned its cafeteria over to some independent cafeteria operator uh, should also be seen as the joint employer uh, of those workers, uh, likewise for people with janitorial services and, and the others. And that has major implications uh, for uh, not only the likelihood of the unions getting a foothold, which is what this is all about, uh, but also for the uh, con contractual relationship, which had been seen as settled and stable between outsourcers and franchisees on the one hand, and uh, those uh, larger entities they deal with. Okay, so this is uh, whereas these would be regional disputes between uh, labor organizations and individual McDonald's franchises or other companies that uh, exist only at a local or state level, this means that unions are now potentially negotiating with the, the major publicly traded corporation. We need to remember that this is still a, a pretty distant prospect sure, uh, for a couple of reasons. I th the idea, that's how it's, uh, they intend it to work. And in order to get to that point, not only do they have to interest fast food workers in joining unions, which has not really been all that visibly happening yet, but uh, they also need to um, uh, get past the long process in which the McDonald's matter first will go to the uh, through the stages at the NLRB, eventually reaching the full board, which is currently controlled by pro-union Obama uh, 
uh, appointees and might or might not, when it eventually gets there, uh, have new appointments by a new president. But then it will go to court. And the fact is that uh, some of the bad ideas from the NLRB do get shot down in court. Uh, we know that the balance there is also shifting as Obama appoints various people who like his policies well enough to not scrutinize them carefully. But the, uh, but eventually, yes, that could uh, be the gateway for a number of things to happen. And a nationwide unionization vote by McDonald's is probably not the most likely thing to happen. Instead, what happens is complaints of labor violations uh, trying to run up the cost to McDonald's of leaving its franchisees independent. And at that point, McDonald's faces a choice, as do other companies like this, which is uh, if it is getting legally pummeled for decisions that it wasn't making by the small franchisees, it can either shove them further away or it can pull them into a closer embrace. It can shove them further away by loosening its contract to the point where maybe they get to use the brand, but it doesn't say much about the customer experience. If you read the literature from the union advocates of this, that wouldn't really satisfy them. The only thing that would apparently satisfy them is uh, the unionization of the franchisees. So what I think is more likely to happen for franchisers is to say, all right, if we're going to be tagged with the legal faults of franchisees, then uh, come on in and we will buy you out or we will in some other way turn our chain into a company-owned chain. Um, it's ironic that in the name of liberalism, we get changes that are actually are more likely to force everyone into huge vertically integrated businesses. If nothing else, I mean, that, that is a, a, a possibility, but if nothing else, it really raises the price for, you know, cosmopolitan business relations where you hire and fire at will uh, the companies that you deal with because the liabilities that they have can suddenly become yours. It has all sorts of implications for the ordinary business world where outsourcing is so familiar because if you no longer uh, are as free to replace one um, logistic company or one uh, cleaning company with another uh, if you are, uh, if that very act of replacing them might be seen as a labor violation, for example, uh, then uh, obviously costs go up. But uh, part of the flexibility uh, by which uh, companies are always improving uh, parts of their production, uh, their hands are tied. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at overlawyer.com and cato.org.